Hello, hello, and welcome to Dear Percival. This is a very special podcast. Showcasting, showcasting, showcasing, that's more like it. Showcasing Danny Savarino, a character from the fantastic new novel, People of Bloomsbury, by author and poet Mr. D.J. Swales. It's called Dear Percival because Danny writes a diary called, yes, you've guessed it, Dear Percival. Let's make a start on the next entry, shall we? Thank you. Hallison View Suite, Happy House Hotel, Jeju Island. Last night, I got ten hours of sleep. The jet lag has wiped me out since I arrived in Korea two days ago. In addition to eating what feels like my own body weight in kimchi, my fresh fruit and vegetable intake was really good today. Two rosy apples, one bunch of grapes, one scandalously juicy melon with no seeds, three dried persimmons that tasted great but looked like shrunken heads from a Victorian anthropology museum. Jeju Island is volcanic and looks remarkably like the west of Ireland, aside from some outlandish craters and solidified magma chambers, although Ben Bulban in County Sligo can more than hold its own. The island has a balmy climate, not quite the Hawaii of Asia, as the brochures promise, but better than a damp autumn afternoon in Bloomsbury. Older women here rule the roost, most of them are henyard divers catching abalone, clams, octopus and wrestling sharks when required. They dive down 100 metres, then swagger around the streets in wetsuits with the wit and sharp tongues of Irish sailors. I hear the abalone sometimes yield pearls like ping-pong balls, each of which can buy a year's supply of spam, which is very popular in South Korea, thanks to the US military. I saw a shop today selling ribboned gift-wrapped spam for wedding presents. In fact, the country's entire post-war reconstruction was based on the stuff mixed with rice, seaweed and pickles. A fellow guest, a Mongolian tourist who claims to be related to Genghis Khan, told me that the Henyo women have perfected the art of holding their breath for over an hour, for which they shrink and shut down every organ, including the heart, thus allowing the lungs to expand and fill the space. I just love science! Apparently, they improve the power of their diaphragms by strapping each other up in the tightest corsets they can find. After intense meditation, they summon a miraculous internal strength and violently push out their chests, swelling until the corsets rip open. The men all go to the pub when this happens, as the flying corset buttons can break bones. There is a thriving market in corsets imported from around the world. Several people have approached me, asking if I have any to sell, as Victorian England produced 70% of all corsets ever made. I don't, I told them lamentably. Jeju grows all kinds of produce. I've been downing glasses of the Halabong orange and Malcha tea smoothies like there's no tomorrow, sending my acid reflux rocketing. I'm glad I got 10 hours of sleep last night as I'm hallucinating from all this caffeine and jet lag. 
I may not even get a wink tonight. I might order another smoothie to take to my room. Not to drink, but to use as a facial. The same Mongolian guest told me the fruit acids will give me a proper glow-up. My room already boasts a jug of structured water, which I discovered just means that they plopped in a few slices of cucumber. I'll slap those onto my face too. Despite all that sleep, the bags under under my eyes are big enough to hold Cornish pasties. I'm summoning all my energy to write tonight. Too much kimchi has affected my body's equilibrium, meaning I'm incredibly gassy. I'm only confiding this in you, Percival, but earlier I was too embarrassed to own up to my involuntary reactions. Thank God a deep cushion masked the sound, even if it failed to plug up the issue. I did my best to look innocent and raise an accusing finger at the elderly Henyo sleeping at her table in the corner. Explain to anyone who would listen, she's taken the diving suit off. It releases a lot of pressure after diving so deep. The next table, who didn't speak a word of English, looked at me like I'd stolen their family's silver, then passed me an extra cushion, leaving me unsure if they knew that I was to blame. I shrugged my shoulders and raised the pillow suggestively in the direction of the old lady, known as an Ajuma in Korea, as if smothering her would free us from all torment. Perhaps I should go back to the police and chase up leads about my folks, but only after this latest portion of kimchi works its way through my system. In spite of its digestatory effects, I can't seem to get enough of the stuff. It's full of antioxidants and mysterious qualities, said the Mongolian guest. I'm starting to wonder if he might work for the Jeju Tourist Board. I will be heading to the Crystal Church tomorrow, where my parents were spotted lining up for confession the day after they showed up on the peak of Halasan Mountain, which does slightly resemble a mini Mia Fawaya's Mona Kea volcano. At the Crystal Church, I plan to beg forgiveness from a higher power for what I put in that small tutorial through tonight. No, you mustn't, I said, as the proprietor kept topping up my kimchi, which I discovered goes incredibly well with lasagna. Aside from Koreans, who knew that fermented cabbage went with everything? The jealous neighbouring table argued with the owner about my endless kimchi refills, but the proprietor, who had a peg on his nose, just ignored them. Just order your own if you want more, I said, while the owner grinned like Dr. Frankenstein, proud of his handiwork. Due to his truncated senses, he may have underestimated the seriousness of the situation. I was going to pretend it was my birthday to get a free fresh fruit and cream cake until I noticed that they adorned it with peaches, cherries, pears and tomatoes, which is common in Korea, and more accurately follow scientific classifications. A misused tomato may have saved all our lives. If someone had lit a match in there, I'm convinced the whole place would have gone up in flames. Thank you. That was part one of Jeju Island, the latest instalment of Dear Percival. Part of People of Bloomsbury, a fantastic new novel by author and poet Mr. D.J. Swales. Dear uh, Percival is written by the character Danny Savarino, one of the myriad characters in the book. One of the myriad, myriad wonderful characters. Go on, get yourself a copy. Get yourself a copy. It's available on Amazon right now, right now, right now, right now. You can get yourself an ebook. 
Or very soon, you can get yourself a paper book to lovingly look at and stroke and treasure. So, we shall see you again with part two very, very, very soon. Thank you and goodbye. 